Back to the Hot Spice Show. As always, I'm your host, JC Calavita. I know I've been on hiatus for a little while, but I'm back now, ready to discuss the latest in baseball news. This week, we talked the unwritten rules of baseball and the ridiculous five no hitters we've seen so far this year. I also interview TCNJ outfielder Jack Haynes, and he's going to reflect on his first year in college baseball. The player of the week is also becoming one of the most exciting players in baseball. Starting off with the unwritten rules. For those of you that don't know, some of the unwritten rules include don't bunt to break up a no-hitter, don't swing on 3-0, and don't admire a home run, and don't steal bases when you're winning by a lot. A lot of the older generation of baseball fans really stick to these rules. You know, the newer generation is more flashy, as we see with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Bryce Harper. They enjoy showing emotion in the field. They'll watch a home run. They'll celebrate on the field. And back in the day, that would get you thrown at, and that's not cool. So I'm talking about this because on Monday, your mean Mercedes did this. We don't need a pitch clock for Astadio. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. There you go. A 3-0 swing. And it's 16-4. He hit a home run on a 3-0 pitch while he was up 11 runs in the ninth inning with a position player pitching. Granted, he did hit the ball 110 miles an hour on a pitch that was thrown 49 miles an hour. That's pretty cool, but that's besides the point. The next day, uh, he was thrown out. Like they, they threw at him, and this resulted in the pitcher as well as Twins manager Rocco Baldelli being ejected. And, you know, the White Sox manager, Tony La Russa, said that Mercedes made a big mistake. Now, he received some backlash. Tony La Russa, you got to stick by your guy. you got to stick by your player. That's what a manager's job is. You stick up for your player. Now, I understand Tony La Russa is 76. He hasn't managed since 2011. A lot can change in 10 years, you know? Like, and personally, I really wouldn't be taking advice from a guy that got a DUI. And when the cop pulled him over, he said, I, this is a quote, I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person, and then he flashed one of his World Series rings. Like, I know you're one of the greatest managers of all time, but baseball's different now. It's different. People want to see the showboaty. I mean, not the showboaty stuff, but they want to see the flashiness. I mean, LaRusso's manages Tim Anderson, one of the flashiest players in baseball. He may not be a good fit for that White Sox team. It's very, they're a very talented group. They have a great deal of players with big personalities, and... That's what fans want to see. Fans want to see these players being themselves. And the players have been advocating for these unwritten rules to be overlooked and with the Let the Kids Play campaign that happened a couple of years ago. It's a different game than older fans are used to, and most of them don't like to hear it. Baseball wants the younger generation to be more interested. They've got to let these, they've got to let these unwritten rules go. You know, It's a lot more fun when everyone's playing, and you know what you're up against. Like... I mean, even CC Sabathia criticized Larusa. Like you, again, you have to back up your players. That's the whole point of being a manager. And these unwritten rules is just killing baseball. You, like, every time there's a, a pimped home run, the player gets thrown at, and that's just not what people want to see. It's a different day and age of baseball. 
and yes, you still should respect the game, but you act like you've been there before. But I mean, when you're in a home run, you're allowed to admire it, man. The three zero pitch. I mean, maybe that's a bad scenario because it was a you know position player pitching. But I mean, if you got a three zero pitch and there's a fastball in the middle, crank it, man. That's all you need to do. The unwritten rules are really, really annoying. And we're just seeing it happen more and more that these players just aren't accepting the fact that baseball is different now. All right, moving on to these no-hitters. There has been six no-hitters this year. Six. Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. And it belongs to San Diego's own Joe Musgrove. Focusing. Three and two. Rodon to third. Moncada. Carlos Rodon has thrown a no-hitter. First pitch swinging. Line drive. He's done it. John Means has no-hit the Mariners. Ground ball. Farmer. Wizardry from Wade Miley. A no-hitter. He's done it. Spencer Turnbull throws <laughs> the eighth no-hitter in Tigers history. Ground ball to Gleyber Torres, and that'll do it. A no-hitter for Corey Kluber. Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, and now Corey Kluber. And even seven if you count Madison Bumgarner with his seven-inning no-hitter. Six no-hitters. They're currently on pace for 20. It is in May. It is in May. This year, there have been some calls, like m mostly Trevor Bauer. I, I wouldn't say mostly him, but like a lot of people have been calling for the rubber to move backwards. This means that strikeouts and home runs would decrease. The records for strikeouts and home runs in a season across the entire MLB has been broken the past 12 full seasons. So going back to 2019, that year and 11 years before that, the strikeout total has been broken. The home run record was broken in 2017 and again in 2019. There, the three true outcomes have never been more prevalent. The three true outcomes, for those of you that don't know, are strikeouts, home runs, and walks. We're not really seeing action in a baseball game a lot. We're seeing guys walk to first base, guys walk back to the dugout, and guys trot around the bases. It's not what you want to see. And, like, the offensive numbers in the MLB have declined so much over the past couple of years. For example, the batting average has decreased from 269 in 06 to 235 in 2021. That's not cool. Now, I, I, a lot of people say you got to go oppo to beat the shift. And I, I, I've been a big advocate of that because you see guys like lefties like Bryce Harper. They, they get the overshift where the second baseman's in, in you know, right field, the shortstop's on the other side of second base, the third baseman's where the shortstop should be. Now, I'm realizing that these guys are throwing hard. You know, five years ago, five, ten years ago, you didn't like 95 was fast. 95 is chump change now. Um, these guys are throwing 98, 100, 102. You can't, you can't manipulate where the ball's going to go at that point. You can't do it. These guys, the guys like Tony Gwen, who would hit like regularly 370, 380, these pitchers weren't throwing as hard when he was playing. He could, he could you know, flick, it, flick the ball wherever he wanted it to go. And that's how he would make his career. And he didn't have to face guys like that. Well, he did, but not regularly. He wouldn't have to regularly face guys throwing that hard. And now, like, 
you just can't manipulate where the ball's going to go. So that's why I, I, oh, I'm enlightened because I didn't realize that you couldn't just take it the other way regardless of how fast the ball's going. Um, the casual baseball fan just doesn't know. They don't know what they're seeing right now because they don't want to see a pitcher's duel. I, I love watching a pitcher's duel. I love seeing two pitchers go at it. They want to see offense. They don't know. And it's a lot of that it's because of like the offense is more fun to watch, but also like, you know, ignorance and stuff like that. But it is what it is at this point. Um, it's crazy that the six no hitters have only been against three teams, two no hitters thrown against the Indians, two against the Mariners and two against the Rangers. The Indians and the Mariners rank 29th and 30th in average. So that's probably a big contributing factor. But these guys, the defensive scouting is so much better. They know they know where you're gonna hit it before you do, and their athleticism is crazy. Like the like, look at 20 years ago versus now. The athletes in the field are ridiculous. Like you don't see that anymore. You don't see or you don't see that. You don't see like a fat guy playing the outfield anymore. It just doesn't happen. These guys have to be elite defenders because if if they're not, they'll find somebody who will. Um. So back to going back to home runs. If you move the mound back the exit velocity will decrease because the velocity of the pitches will decrease. So you won't see as many home runs, which maybe may see more doubles and triples and, and whatnot. Um, and it, it'll give, it'll make sure the pitching isn't as dominant. The pitchers are too good. Now they're getting too good. Like the, the everybody throws 98, 99. Now everybody has a devastating curveball. And I just, I, I would genuinely like to see what happens. You move the bound back a foot. I don't know how much a foot's going to do, but again, you can't move it back, you know, 80 feet because then you're right behind second base, and that's not a thing you want to do. Um, I just don't know what's going to happen with, at this point. But I just hope that they can do something. So, that, like, no-hitters used to be a sacred event. Like, everyone used to get excited over no-hitter. Like, kids said, they're like, oh, a no-hitter's thrown every other day. There's been seven this year. Like, again, seven if you count Madison Bumgarner's no-hitter. That was only seven innings because it was a double-header. But – it used to be a sacred thing that happened, and I don't know what's going to happen now. Now I'd like to welcome our guest to the show. He just finished his freshman year as an outfielder for the TCNJ Lions at the NJAC. In high school, he was a four-year starter for the Hopewell Valley Bulldogs. As a Bulldog, he won a county championship and was named All-Area, All-Conference, and All-Group. Jack Haynes, welcome to the Hot Spice Show. How are you, Jack? Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. Um... You know, it's great to be on. I've listened to some of your episodes and great stuff. I love what you're doing and, and uh, yeah. Thanks, Jack, man. I really appreciate that. So I start out basically every interview kind of the same. I'd like, to, I'd like for you to give me a scouting report on yourself. Um, let's, well, I would say I don't do one thing great. So I have to do basically everything good. You know, if that makes sense, you know, I don't have above average, you know, power or arm strength. So I got to be accurate. And I think that's what makes me a good player is I do everything good. Um, and uh, my mindset, too, I always like competing um, two strikes on defense everywhere. I like to compete. I think those two things really kind of makes me a good player. So you're an outfielder. What do you think sets you apart from other players at your position? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say the game within the game. I mean, reading the hitter swings and always being in communication with um, the other outfielders. I know I hope well I did that, or at least try my best. And then 
when I got to TCNJ, you know, Coach Gammon, our outfield coach, um, that's one thing he definitely preaches a lot, you know, just playing the game within the game. And uh, definitely this past season, um, I felt like the outfielders at TCNJ did a tremendous job with that. And I think that's, you know, just always, um, you know, being in the right spot. And if you can get an extra step or two pre-pitch, that help you make a play, you know, at the fence and the gap. So, Were there any higher level, you know, drills that you guys did that high school didn't teach you or your club team didn't teach you that really, you know, bumped you up from that high school to college status? I would say, honestly, that Hope, the, the program at Hopewell is so strong that most of the things that I did at TCNJ, I've done at Hopewell. You know, I think that just goes to show that Coach Harrison runs a great program at Hopewell. Um, and and the things that I did at, at TCNJ this past year, you know, in practice and, and such, you know, I've, I've already done it. Um, so now it's just doing it obviously more often because we can play more um, and then just getting better at it every day in, uh, in practice. What was TCNJ like during COVID? Yeah, that, that was definitely tough. You know, in the fall, we were, um, we were all online. We had no fall practice. And I, I think we were one of the only few teams in the NJAC with no fall practice. So, you know, that was tough. Um, you know, not playing in the fall, but also uh, like team chemistry wise, you know, we don't have a, the fall to build our team chemistry. Um, so that was certainly weird. And then in the spring, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of nice. You know, they were very strict with it. So we were testing three times a week. But at the same time, you kind of knew um, like how to, how to be safe. And you knew that you were safe because you're getting tested three times a week. So you kind of knew instantly if you're positive or negative. And, you know, luckily throughout the season, we had no positive cases, which just kind of shows the program uh, of TCNJ just, you know, being extra cautious and, and, um, and it's certainly weird though, to go back to your, you know, how was it? It was, it was weird. And I haven't been in, in a class, in the classroom since last March. So hopefully in the fall, we can get back to, uh, get back to the classroom. Were you able to meet people and make friends like, like other than your baseball team? Eh. Not really, just because I was kind of afraid of getting a positive test, you know, because if we got a positive test, we're done for two weeks. And I don't want to be the guy that, you know, get the positive test. So I just kind of stay with my baseball guys. Um, but I will say the, the weird thing is, you know, you see kids on Zoom and then you see them on campus. So it's like, do I go over and, and say hi? And like, I've seen you on Zoom. You know, it's, it was, it's certainly weird, but, um, you know, it was definitely tough meeting new friends last year. So I was lucky I had the whole baseball team, you know, as my friend group. That's funny that you say that because meeting kids on Zoom, I did the same thing. I was like, <laughs> do, I, do I say something to them? Do I, you know, do I say hi? Or do I just ignore them? And that's, that's actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> what, what was a big takeaway from your first year of college baseball? I would say just everybody's good. You know, it doesn't matter what level you're at, Division One, Division Three. Um, you know, if you don't come up, if you don't come to practice every single day, you know, ready to compete for your spot, um, you know, it, it's not going to be good. You know, there's, um, you know, a lot of guys trying to play um, and crack the starting lineup. So, if, you know, if you don't come 
up and every day and think you're just gonna, you know, walk into the field and just, you know, be in the starting lineup. You know, that's that's definitely not true. Um, I know at TCNJ we got a lot of guys, a lot of talented guys, um, you know, vying or trying to get into the starting lineup. So if you if you're not gonna compete, then you know that's, that's definitely not good. Yeah, absolutely. Like Division Three has so many quality players. Like the, off the top of my head, Joey Wendell and mm-hmm. uh, the Rays and Jordan Zimmerman played for the Tigers and the Nationals. Like Division Three is no joke. It's just some kids that didn't get noticed. Like for you, you're not a you're not a huge guy. You're about my height. You're exactly you're a lot bigger than I am though. But you're, <laughs> you're not. If you're not, you know, huge. If you're not projectable like that, you're not going to get noticed. Even even though, despite the fact that you may be a better baseball player than those kids that may be bigger than you. Yeah, definitely. And going off your point, you know, we, we faced a lot of good talent this year in the end, Jack, and out of conference too, you know, playing Penn State, Abington, and Salisbury. You know, there's just some very, very talented players that we play at the Division three level um, that I think the common mistake that a lot of high schoolers make is you know, Division three is not that good, you know. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, Division Two may not be as deep as Division One baseball, but there's some very good teams, Division Three wise, that has some very talented players. I mean, you mentioned Penn State Abington. I mean, I, I, I have a couple of friends who go there, and they were number one in the region for a while. Like that's that's some good competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, without uh, a doubt. Yeah. So, how did the upperclassmen help you with your transition to college and learning the ropes of the team? Yeah, they were awesome. You know, I think. Um, one of the main uh, aspects of TCNJ baseball is family and the upperclassmen, you know, day one, you know, with um, open arms, you know, welcome me and all my freshman classmates. Um, and that's something very, uh, very special that TCNJ has. And, um, you know, just reflecting on the season, you know, obviously, you, I, mean, I was just so lucky. I'm so thankful for the seniors. Um, and just all my teammates, you know, every single one of them are good guys, you know. Um, and it just, I'm so fortunate that, you know, I get to call my teammates and, um, you know, they, they certainly, certainly helped me throughout this, um, throughout the season. You got a chance to start this year, right? You were a regular starter in the lineup? Yes, I was. I was fortunate enough to get in there. Well, was that something you expected? You know, that's a good question. You know, every single day from the first practice back in February, I just wanted to compete and, um, and just kind of put forth my best effort. And, you know, if I, if I, you know, I thought to myself, if I could just, you know, show what I'm capable of, um, that, you know, it didn't really matter if I start or didn't start, you know, I was, I was happy with, you know, however the cards would lie. And, you know, I believe... Uh, I got a couple of pinch hits, uh, pinch hit opportunities in the first couple of games. And then the fourth game, we had an injury in the outfield and I was able to slide in there and um, and just compete every single day and then not let that spot up. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's crazy. That's all you need, man. You need one chance to show yourself. Exactly, yeah. So talk about your recruiting process. Why did you choose TCNJ? Yeah, so TCNJ, I mean just the balance between academics and athletics, you know, um, academically, obviously a very, very strong school. 
um, education wise, you know, one of the top in the state, you know, obviously want to be a teacher. So it's cool because a lot of, you know, student teachers at Hopewell are from TCNJ. A lot of teachers in general from uh, Hopewell are from TCNJ. So it was really cool. Um, and obviously athletically, um, you know, just uh, the NJAC's very, very um, strong Division three baseball conference. And having the opportunity to play there um, was definitely a no-brainer uh, for me. Absolutely. Like, I've talked to other guys from the NJ, like Stock and NJAC, like Stockton, and it's it's one of the premier pro, premier you know conferences in Division three baseball. Obviously, Division three mean mainly you know northeastern teams, but it's it's a it's great competition and it's a great place to play if you're a strong Division three athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what is your pregame routine like? Well, I think the biggest thing between high school and college is you know in college you can hit on the field. So for a three thirty game, I'm out at the field at the latest 12.45. So it gets, you know, to be, I want to say a long day, but, you know, you're definitely active for, um, for a lot longer than you would be in high school. Because in high school, you know, you show up, take, you know, 15 minutes of BP, go take IO, and you're playing. But, you know, at college, you get, we take, um, if we're home, we take on the field BP, then they would take on the field BP, um, then IO, IO, then game. So um, I think the, my biggest pregame ritual would be um, a pink starburst, you know, when you get close to game time to kind of get the juices flowing again. Um, that, that, that is definitely my uh, pregame routine, I would say. So that's like your superstition. So if you don't have a pink starburst, yeah. you're not going to do well. Exactly. Yep. Are there any other superstitions you may have? Cause I know for me, I always had to have like a necklace on when I played or I, mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to do well. You know, I tried that this year. I tried to wear necklaces. Um, it's probably one of the upperclassmen. I don't, I don't wear necklaces, um, but, um, you know, a lot of guys wear chains. So one of the upperclassmen, you know, gave me a chain during practice and was like, you know, if you're going to be in the outfield, you know, you, you got to wear a chain, you know, be the chain gang. Um, and I worked for a day or two, and I still didn't like how it felt when I was swinging and running. So I gave it back to him. I was like, thank you, but, you know, I don't like how it feels. So I'm good. I'll pass. But um, so that was funny. But um that's that's a I mean I definitely I definitely have a superstition I'm just blanking on it right now I mean once you like in the box you know when like the touching home plate you know once uh once you get a hit you just kind of kind of keep it so I like you know touch the middle of the plate and touch the inside of the plate and then go up um as my like in box superstition but no definitely I definitely that's definitely one thing I you know didn't really notice I did until these last couple of years that I definitely um am superstitious <laughs> how do you go about breaking yourself out of a slump because I know when you get down on yourself it's it's tough to come back because baseball is such a game of confidence and if you have the confidence in yourself that you're gonna get a hit you have a better chance like if you think like damn like I haven't done anything well in a, in a while like your confidence is shot. You're not going to do well. So how do you, you know, break yourself out of that slump and stay positive during games? That's a great question. I think that's definitely one thing that a lot of guys struggle with, you know, um, being in slumps and stuff. But there's two things for me definitely is one, you know, how good can you be when you're slumping? You know, for instance, around third base, less than two outs, and you're, you're slumping, you can't buy a hit. You know, can you – get a ground ball, 
or get a sack fly and score the run. And, you know, cause that, those little things can kind of get you going again, just having productive at bats. Um, and the other thing is I would say too, that kind of takes the pressure off a slump. If you can play really good defense and once you do get on base, you know, be a very aggressive base runner, that kind of buys you time in the lineup to kind of, you know, give you some time to figure out your swing and what's going on. Um, but I would say, you know, if someone's in the slum, you just got to kind of stick to your game plan. It's certainly, certainly tough, but you just got to do your best and stick to the game plan and you know, maybe put a bunt down. <laughs> I know me, I'm a lefty. I'll put a bunt down, kind of steal a hit in a way. And, and then just like that, maybe one for three and then start swinging the bat and hopefully they can find a hole. You talked about bunting. And I know that was a skill that, you know, Coach Harrison in high school, he preached that heavily is that something that carried over to college is that something you've done a lot this year oh yeah definitely I would say um our lineup this year at TCNJ wasn't you know we didn't have one guy that could hit you know 10 12 home runs we definitely had guys that you know could hit you know a couple definitely definitely um so we had to manufacture some runs um so bunting was a big part of our uh, our offense um every single day we bunting off the machine um, and BP. Um, and I would say actually bunting out the machine, even though it's definitely challenging, you would crank the velo up. I would say that it definitely helps in game. Cause if you can kind of challenge yourself in practice, um, and then when it kind of gets to the game, it's a little easier, or you've definitely seen the velo. Um, but yeah, we bunted a lot at TCNJ. So definitely, that definitely translates from high school to college. What was your favorite moment of this whole season? I would say it's being with the guys and just being out there, you know, like I said before, with the, uh, with the question about the seniors, um, there's just so many, um, you know, high character guys at TCNJ that I just love being around. Um, and obviously without playing last year, you kind of missed that sense of, um, you know, team bonding that just being out there with the guys every single day and just, um, yeah, just going after it. Is definitely is definitely the um, you know the highlight of the season. I will say, towards the end of the year, we got hot um, and we swept Rutgers Camden and we swept uh, we swept Kane the last weekend of the year to get the um, to get a six seed and get a buy in, um, in the NJAC tournament. That was definitely a fun bus ride home. I will say that. Um, but just being with the guys every single day, they're the tremendous guys. What is something you would say to a prospective college baseball player to like prepare them for what the next level is like, or just, you know, just like to calm them down. Like if they're nervous that they're not getting looks or they're not getting, you know, any offers yet. Yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely a thing we all go through. I went through that definitely. Um, and I would say, you know, everything works out. And it sounds like cliche, but I know with me, I got um, I got looked at super, super late. It was like September, my senior year, end of September. You know, I get a phone call from my coach saying, you know, look at TCNJ, um, it might be a good option for you. Um, and, you know, leading up to that, I, I had a definitely a couple of schools on my list, but nothing like set in stone. Um, but just, just, just know that, everybody's going through this process and everybody has a different process on the timetable. Like I know with me, you know, I know junior year, I saw a lot of guys, 
um, committing on Instagram. So uh, I, deleted, I deleted Instagram. I said, you know, every time I see a guy commit, I got down on myself and I was like, there's, there's no need for that. So I deleted Instagram and just kind of got that out of my, my way. And I just went out and you know, I, just, I just went to work, you know, in the weight room. And, you know, I just kind of had faith in my, in my um, I guess in myself, but also just, like, um, you know, at Gallagher, you know, they helped me get into, into school. And I, I had faith and trust in, in Coach Gallagher um, to help me out. And, and um, you know, it all worked out in the end. But definitely some nerve-wracking times I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen so absolutely what are you most looking forward to next season like what what is the biggest thing you want to improve on or just see the team like see, they see the team get better or just build build off of last year yeah definitely we, were, we had a super super young team this year um lineup wise and and not so much, well, I guess I would say pitching staff wise too, but definitely the lineup was very young and, you know, we graduated two guys. So we'll bring a lot of guys back. Um, and towards the end of the year, you know, the offense finally started to click. We started to roll, um, which was a lot of fun. So I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing how um, with, with the, with the year under, under all of our belts, um, you know, how we can um, put together, um, an offensive season next year and kind of, you know, get it clicking a little bit sooner and, you know, see how, uh, what we can do and how deep we can go into the postseason. All right, Jack, last question here. What do you love most about baseball? I just love, um, you know, competing every single day, um, which is, you know, like, you know, in football, you compete once a week. Obviously, you compete, compete in practice, but you play once a week. Lacrosse, you play, you play two, three times a week. But baseball, you play every single day um, for the most part, you know, which is which is good and bad. You know, when you're struggling, you can come back the next day um, and hopefully, you know, start playing well. But, um, you know, I still love to compete. And, um, and I also like how, um, you know, once you kind of get older, you know, college and, and varsity, you kind of, um, you know, start to uh, take notice of the, the game within the game, like I was saying earlier about playing the outfield. And, you know, I kind of like the chess matches that goes on um, to, to a casual fan. You wouldn't really notice that, but to someone who kind of understands the game, like obviously, I would, you know, I assume when you're watching the Phillies or baseball, you, you understand, you know, kind of the chess matches that go on. And you know, I, I kind of, you know, I think I'm, I'd be a nerd, but I think I really like that with baseball because you know, there's a lot of um, different matchups that, you know, you have to, you know, put to use. So definitely competing every day and just the chess matches that goes on. No, absolutely. Because people out, people are out here saying baseball is boring, but they don't get what's going on. Like they'll see, they'll see a, a mound visit, like, oh, another mound visit. Like that's five more minutes of time added to the game. But there's a reason for that. You're getting a pitcher ready. You're, you know, helping him get back on his horse. There's, there's a reason for all the little breaks and stuff that happen. And, he, and the average fan just doesn't get that. 100%. I totally agree with you on that. And, um, yeah, it's definitely – I like that. Because you don't – again, like a casual fan wouldn't really understand that. But someone who understands the game um, definitely appreciates that and picks up on that. Well, Jack, I really appreciate you doing this for me. Best of luck next year. 
and uh, have a great summer playing for the Trend Generals. Of course, man. Thank you for having me on, and I definitely see you a lot. Lastly, we're going to move into our player of the week. His name is Jazz Chisholm Jr. He's on the Marlins. He is one of the most spectacular players. I love watching him. He's not you know, the, the best player in the MLB right now. He's very young. He's only 23. He's from the Bahamas. But he is so flashy. I love his energy. He's one of the coolest players to watch in baseball right now. He's on the Marlins, like I said. You know, the Marlins don't get a lot of play in baseball now. They don't really get the attention because they, nobody really cares about the Marlins. But he something interesting that I saw after he homered off my guy, Jose Alvarado, the other day. He is the only player to homer on a pitch over 100 miles an hour this year. And he's done it twice. I really love the way he's heading. He is a breath of fresh air for that Miami organization. Who honestly, I believe, is on the way up, even though they've mismanaged the team for decades. Um, but Jazz Chisholm, keep doing what you're doing, man, and everyone's going to love you for it. All right, that'll just about do it for this edition of the Hot Play Show. I'd like to thank Jack Haynes for doing an interview for me this week. Now that I'm home from college, I'm going to start releasing these episodes on Saturdays rather than Thursdays. One more time, I'm JC Calavita. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at J underscore Calavita12. That's at J underscore C-O-L-A-V-I-T-A-12. One more time, I'm JC Calavita, and thanks for listening. Peace, bros.